Welcome to the Not in the Job Description podcast. I'm Scott McLaughlin. And I'm Chris Kiernan. Look at all the people around you. They may seem very different, but they all have something very much in common. Work. Most people have had a history of roles that's taken them to their current job. Everybody has a story about their job and how they got there. We'll explore funny, gross, embarrassing, scary, and sometimes almost unbelievable stories that people have experienced at their job. So enjoy the conversations as people share things about their jobs that were not in the job description. On today's episode, we talked to Steve, who is a corrections officer. Welcome, Steve. How's it going? Hey, Steve. So um, I, I guess when we talk, I have so many questions, by the way, because, you know, it's almost become a cultural thing now, prison kind of things. You know, started with Oz and there's black, and Orange is the New Black and all these things uh, where there's a lot of prison in our culture now. So I'm just very interested. I have a million questions, but if we could tell us a little bit about just how you even got started in this business. So a little over a decade ago, I actually uh, did a little uh, amateur MMA fighting and uh, I got hurt. Had like three fights, got hurt. I couldn't fight no more. I had a bad anger problem. (laughs) And uh, I guess that's a pretty good occupation if you have anger issues. I mean, it was my way of, Keeping my anger under control. Okay. And a um, buddy of mine worked at a, uh, a strip club as a bouncer. And he's like, hey, we need some more people here. You're just knocking heads all night. It'd be great for your anger. There you go. So I did that for a little while. And then I got into uh, security. Ended up getting armed doing security. Did that for 10 years. Okay. And then a couple years ago, I saw a posting for a corrections officer hiring immediately. And went in for the interview. They, uh, it was, I was a major at the company I was at before this Mm -hmm. and I got a $5 raise going to be a corrections officer. That's a pretty good deal. (laughs) But yeah, now I'm up like $8 in two years. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, I always try and do a little bit of research anytime somebody's going to come in and chat with us. And I saw that according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, um, in 2021, there's about 419,000 corrections officers out there. But there's expected to be a 10% decline in this job through 2031. And somehow or other, I don't feel like that decline is because we're going to have less prisoners. It's not. (laughs) It's because it's a tough job, right? It is. And not anybody can do it. It is grueling, mentally exhausting, and very physically exhausting most of the time. Right. Most of the time, I sit on my ass and don't do a damn thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, I know a lot of cops, and they're like, yeah, 99% of my job is completely boring. It's the 1% that's just horrifying that, you know, your blood pressure's through the roof. You may be in a life threatening situation. I'm not so sure it's worth it to have the 99%, but it's a job, right? So the prison that I work at is actually a level one, level two. And uh, explain uh, what that is. All right. So you got uh, level one, which is like your lowest level. They're the ones that, uh, it used to be you had to start out at the top tier and work your way down. Now they just kind of throw people into the bottom tier and they should be at the top tier. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's one, two, three, four, and E, which is kind of, you know, they should have just made it five. But <laughs> Yeah, right. The fours and fives are um, at uh, Lucasville, which I'm sure you guys have all heard yeah. about the oh, Lucasville yeah. riots. Yeah. yeah. And then the OSP, which is the state penitentiary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I deal with the lowest security risk. Okay. Well, there's, at least there's some solace in that, right? But, yeah. But let's let's be honest here. 
they're still they're still criminals. They're yeah. still felons, and and, right. and they're only in this one because they haven't done anything yet, <laughs> or, right? Or they weren't caught for the the major crime. Oh no! Like we got a guy at our prison. Like he's one of them that started out the high tier and worked his way down. Okay, but he was convicted of two murders. They found they pulled him over on the highway and found two bodies in his trunk. Oh wow, that happens sometimes. He so. was he was taking him to Illinois. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they caught him in Dayton. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. He was a uh, hitman for the mob. Really? Yeah, for the Dayton mob. Well, I hope he kept his mouth shut at least. As far as I know, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm a firm believer. Don't get involved in things unless you're willing to pay the price for them. So just pay the price now. Hey, right. hey I grew up in the hood. Snitches yeah. get stitches. <laughs> That's right. You, yeah, you're in a good spot. I think you'll... Uh, You'll you'll have something to share with some of the people you have to work with there because uh, that that's part of prison culture, right? You just don't do that stuff. Oh yeah, and this will be for another show, of course. But did you say the Dayton mob? I don't know if that inspires fear or not. But <laughs> I've heard of Youngstown. I, but yeah, I wasn't aware. But I'm sure there's a so from what German I, village mob too. Right. <laughs> from what I've been told, this was um, you know, back in the '70s. They were called the the Dayton Boys or something like that. I don't know. It's not the it's not the mob that's the fear. Yeah, right. It's the you know former army special forces or marine special forces something like that contract killer yeah, that was coming right. after you. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. That sure. was the fear. Right, of right. course. Yeah, and I, like they they say that there's uh, possibly up to 500 bodies on him, and yeah, that's crazy. Um, but you know there are people like that out there. They that's how they make their living. They are. Yeah. Maybe they don't really, I don't want to call him a sociopath because I don't know. Oh, see, actually with him, I've had long conversations with him. Mm-hmm. He came out of Vietnam. So killing's nothing new to him. Right. Didn't know anything other than killing. Well, I guess when you're good at something, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was uh, special forces. That's all he knew was how to kill. And I mean, you come out of you know, 10, 15, 20 years. This guy was getting visits from generals while he right. was in prison. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Like, come on. So now that you're in this level one prison is this only males or is there also females that only are males. in the prison all right do you have female guards yes and, and you know there's so many stories um, about female guards because some of these prisoners now granted maybe it doesn't happen as much in a level one but you get a little higher and in in the prison i guess ranking there and you're stuck for a long time you have female guards a lot of these prisoners are trying to like work them Right. They, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and there's lots of scenarios where people fall for this stuff. Uh, they find a way to, you know, uh, wiggle their way into their lives somehow. And then they're trying to help them escape and shit like that. I mean, ha- have you guys had any situation where maybe you've seen somebody moved because there was fear that there was kind of a relationship trying to be built? Oh, no. So they don't get moved. They get fired. Oh, they, okay. get, they get walked out to prison. It happens all the time. Oh, wow. Uh, way more, way, way more than it. you would think. Yeah. We just had one walked out a couple weeks ago, and they don't try to use them to escape. They're using them to get drugs. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Make the stay better. Yeah. Money on their books and all kinds of stuff, just all the way out, all the way down to sexual favors. So. Sure, yeah. Right. Well, and, and that's kind of the thing. I mean, it's, it's a dangerous work environment. There's a risk to your mental health. Um, I have a mental health. See, there's the problem. You didn't even know it. You've been there too long. But, you know, that's the kind of thing where it's dangerous. A lot of the, I'm sure you get great benefits. I'm sure, you know, you told us about the pay increases you've had over just the past couple of years. But, you know, there's a huge downside to this too. And that is, it's got to be a little dangerous. I'm sure that 
you never really know how someone's going to act. I mean, what kind of instructions do they give you regarding, you know, getting close to or talking with or anything like that with the prisoners? Don't share any personal information. We all go by last names and don't give them your first name. Granted, I'm going to tell you I'm guilty of this. I have gotten a little too personal with inmates. Okay. As far as information-wise. We got one at my prison. Awesome guy. You know, may or may not have killed his parents 40 years ago, but... Again, it happens. It was 40 years ago. Right. The guy's done time. Like, he's yeah. coming up for parole. Probably not the most dangerous person in the world, given right. that he's, you know, probably 60 years old. Oh, yeah. They're closer to 70. There you go. He was actually... So, it's what we call a porter. Okay. And that's um, pretty much any general worker in the prison is called a, a porter. Okay. Uh, main, their main job is cleaning, but... It can vary up to a bunch of things. But he was my porter for six months, seven months. Yeah. And uh, if I ran, this guy got parole and I ran into him on the street, I'd go get a beer with him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. I ain't even going to sugarcoat it. I'd go get a beer with him. Well, you know, and here's the thing. People are people. Yeah. And, and people make dumbass mistakes, especially when they're young, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's face it. Uh, I'm guessing Chris and I, uh, we're okay now because we never got caught doing the stupid shit. Not that we were killing people. Or not that I would admit on a podcast, but um, you know, it, it's people make stupid decisions. That doesn't always make people bad. My bigger concern for people who are maybe made a bad decision and have to do time. Now we put them in this environment in prison where, you know, you you can't act like you do on the outside in prison because that could be very dangerous. You know. All right. So you want to talk about the prison environment, please? <sighs> so, um. Prison's not prison anymore. I'm going to start off by saying that. Prison's not prison anymore. What do you mean? Uh, They have tablets. They have TVs. They have pool tables, game systems. I may attempt to rob a bank tomorrow. (laughs) Right? (laughs) We we make the joke, and it's really not a joke, but we make the joke all the time that the prisoners get treated better than we do. Yeah. I have all that stuff, too, but I have to have a job to make sure I can pay for it all. These guys are just chilling. Oh, yeah. No, they make, like, the highest paid person in the prison makes, like, 100 a month. Wow, but they don't have to pay for their meals and stuff, right? right? They get they get everything handed to them. The only thing they got to pay for is like commissary, which is just like their extra shit, snacks, yeah, yeah. hygiene, stuff like that. That is crazy. Yeah, I mean, think about it. If if you were somebody who is really creative and you're like, "Man, I just can't I can't write this script because I'm so busy." Best thing that ever happened, you might be a little stint <laughs> in prison, man. You you right. could write you know, a, a crazy movie and everything else. Oh, yeah. Uh, you get three uh, hot meals a day. I don't know if they're great, but they're you not. get fed. They suck. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've had them. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Like, when you're working a mandate 16 hours and you, just they, eat. They, 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 you need something to eat, yeah. you run over to the chow hall and grab something to see what they're eating. If it looks just halfway decent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Hook me up. That is funny. So, you, you know, you're talking about... um maybe how prison nowadays isn't as hard as it used to be. I love watching that show Locked Up Abroad. I think that people that think they have it rough in prison in America, if they spent just a week in some of these foreign prisons, they would be like, oh, shit, I got to get out of here because that's no joke when you're watching those All right, so we got a bunch of Africans from Africa working in our prison. Okay. And uh, they tell us all the time, this ain't a prison. Oh, right. Because they worked at prisons in Africa. Right. And, like, Guys were fighting to the death just to stay alive. And right. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, you let the word out in Africa that our prisons uh, give you three meals a day plus tablets plus TV. Um, my God. With cable. 
Yeah, with cable. You're going to have people. <laughs> they got you know, internet on the tablets? Absolutely. Like, the, the tablets are uh, blocked where they can only do certain things. You know, they can't yeah. get on social media or yeah. anything like that. But, um, they, I mean, they jailbreak them. Of course. Yeah. And that's one of the issues we deal with. Uh, they have a phone on the tablet. Video phone, regular phone. <laughs> they can they can now ha- talk to their families. So wait a minute. You're telling me that people in prison are living a better life than I am? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. Uh, that stings a little bit, but I can live with it. I'm telling you, I work 60 hours a week for 23 an hour. Yeah. And they're living a better life than I yeah, am. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Now, if you ask them, I'm sure they'd you know prefer their freedom. But if you're going to do time. Some of them. American free. Yeah. Some of them are probably like, no, I'm comfy here. Yeah. I'm good. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, you could do a lot worse than an American prison. That's for sure. Definitely. You know, you mentioned all the stuff they have. Certainly there are things they're not allowed to have and just all types of contraband. Um, do you have any good stories about contraband? Cause I've read a lot of creative ways people get drugs and weapons and things like that. And you, do you run into that issue a lot? Um, not really on the weapons because we are level one. Okay. But uh, the drugs, yes. Our prison's full of drugs. Yeah. The most iconic way and normal way for them to get drugs in is through their ass. Oh, yeah. Um, Chris knows. <laughs> Damn, do you, Chris? Hey, not on the podcast. All I'm right, sorry. Guys. I'm sorry. We'll cut that out. Post it. <laughs> but um, you'll have visitors come in to see them, and, like, they'll have Suboxone in their mouth. Yeah. And when, like... You know, say you're in prison, your wife comes to see you. She's allowed to give you a hug and a kiss. They'll pass the suboxone in the kiss. Yeah. Right. Um, they got to get, like, completely stripped out naked. The amount of times an inmate gets stripped out naked. Oh, sorry. They don't want us calling them inmates no more. Oh. It's incarcerated persons. Oh. There's too many syllables there. Oh, I know. <laughs> we'll just call them dudes. <laughs> right. But the amount of times they get stripped completely naked, squat and cough, like the whole nine yards in a prison on a daily basis... It's crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've seen more uh, nuts and butts than I want <laughs> yeah, to in my life. I'm sure. <laughs> I wanted to see mine, and that was it. But <laughs> At a certain point, you're like, eh, just keep the drugs. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> um, we have had guys swallow drugs yeah. to keep us from finding them. They go in what's called dry cell. They don't get a toilet. They don't get anything to eat. Well, they do, but like it's like sparingly. Yeah. Um, so eventually, you're going to have some evidence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they get all the drinks they want, <laughs> all the water they can drink. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not fun for the officer sitting on it. Sure. Because it stinks. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. It stinks. <laughs> it's almost as bad as a constant watch, which is the guys that are, you know, maybe suicidal. Yeah. Maybe someone thinks they might be suicidal. Hell, we had a guy put on constant watch because his ex-wife called the prison and goes, I think my ex-husband's trying to kill himself. Oh, Wow. The guy was standing at my desk <laughs> talking to me when she called and the captain's office calls up to me. She's like, so hey. evil. Oh, yeah. She did it to him on purpose. That's oh, fantastic. And it happens all the time. That's but, fantastic. But we have to take these seriously. Of course. Right, if right. you don't, that's the one time it'll happen. Right. right. Yeah. Because we just recently had a suicide. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it happens a lot. Yeah. I, I can't believe it happens as much in level one, but. It doesn't happen that much in level one. Yeah. I think our last one was like, I don't know, 10 years prior. Wow. Way before I started. But um, I think it was last year, there were 14 or 15 suicides for the year throughout uh, oh, yeah. the, the state. Okay. Well, here, here's the way I think of it. I think it makes sense that you're going to have it either in level one or that level five equivalent, right? Yeah. If you're in level five, what's the, you're just waiting out the clock on a lot of these things, right? Yeah. Uh, Father time's going to come and take you off and that's it. 
But if you're level one, you might be thinking like, oh my God, I just screwed my entire life. What have I done? My girlfriend's not going to talk to me anymore. My wife's going to divorce me. My parents are going to... That's kind of like, I'm never going to get another job. Those are the people that have those life-changing experiences for the first time and quite possibly the last time ever, but they don't realize and put it into perspective. Like, yeah, this isn't good, but it's not worth ending it all over. I imagine it happens in those two and not so much as in the middle. Actually, you'd be wrong. Really? Yeah. Uh, it happens more often in like uh, level threes, level fours, and level fives. All right. Explain the difference between level three and a level five. Uh, not really that much of a difference. Okay. Um, just maybe more level five is more of if I'm not mistaken because I've never worked at one. Okay, it's more of like uh, twenty three and one. Okay, you're, you're locked yeah, up twenty three yeah. hours out of the day. I guess I was trying to equate it to like sentence, but you could have a level five and level three with the same sentence, just different. Oh yeah, you can have yeah. a level one with the same sentence. Oh okay. I, they, they base it off a bunch of other stuff ba- other than your sentence. So Chris, make sure you're on good behavior. Is what I'm telling. <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm taking notes. Trust okay. me. Okay. <laughs> All right. That is interesting, and I'm sure. Again, do you get as many things like fights and stuff in level one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Here I am. I think I got level one figured out, and then you throw me the curveball. It was like my first week on shift. I was just off training, and uh, these two guys decide they're going to start beating the hell out of each other in the middle of the day room. Me coming from a security background, my first instinct was to run in and break them up. Yeah, I could see how you want to do that. They, they taught us in training, call for backup first, wait for them to get there, and then break them up. Yeah. And I didn't listen. I got an elbow to the eye. I was going to say, you catch a couple. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was fine overall. Uh, most of the guys in my prison, they're just a bitch. Yeah. Uh, they're all mouth. They might throw a couple punches, but they're not going to do anything major. And let's face it. Uh, anybody who's been in a real fight, assuming that you're not like a trained MMA person, you've got about 30 to 45 seconds of fury. And then that adrenaline dump just goes and you're exhausted. Oh, yeah. You're not going to have somebody fight for 20 minutes. <laughs> right. It's not like on TV, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I was looking at some stories on Ranker and somebody said, uh, we're talking about the fights. They were an officer at a medium security prison. They said, I witnessed a fight between an MS 13 member and a blood MS 13, as brutal as they come, the MS 13 member knocked out the blood and then attempted to pull his eyes from their socket. He said, I was on the other side of the barbed wire fence and couldn't intervene. I had to watch until someone else arrived, which was quick enough to save the blood's life. I don't remember seeing that blood come back after that trip to the hospital. That's the closest I've ever been to seeing someone get murdered. If the tower officer had been a, had a clean shot, I'm sure there would have been lo- one less MS-13 member. Um, but it is crazy. People get, uh, you, you kind of do have to, be a certain way in prison, and if you're not a fighter, someone will sniff that out, and you either either better be a fighter or you're just going to be a victim. Better be a fighter or a lover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We have a lot of that, too. Do you really? Oh, yeah. See, um, I'm, I'm so thrown with this level one stuff. The only difference is, really, from the higher level to the lower level, yeah. is the amount they get to move around. Okay. Like, that's really the only difference. And so they're probably not, like, they, they don't have a history of causing trouble or else they wouldn't even be in level right. one. Okay. Um, Doesn't the, mean the, that they won't the more trouble work they cause, to level two. Right. <laughs> the more trouble they cause in a level one, they get a security review. And then if they get uh, boosted up to a level two, which we're still level two anyway, but they'll, if they get boosted to a level two, they'll go to a different level two facility. Yeah. And then if they still keep causing trouble, they'll get boosted to a level three and get put to a level three facility, so on and so forth. Okay. Okay. Now, 
everything, and, and this was a tough part, right? Because this podcast, we're not all that serious. Let's face it, we're not serious at all. We're just <laughs> no. a couple of dorks that love work, and we like hearing other people's work stories. Um, but almost every story had to do with how dangerous the job is, how I think they said the average tenure uh, is like two years yeah. for this. And I read one guy who had a book out because he was a corrections officer, officer for 50 years. That deserves more than a Rolex, right? I mean, that's that's a long time in that business. But oh, yeah. the question I had for you, based on all the bad news, you guys have to have some fun. You've got to have some funny stories that happen out of prison, right? Oh, God, yeah. I think the craziest one I've seen personally was um, guys were, it, it was like a, about a year-long phase. Guys were, like, cutting dominoes up, okay? Yeah. Like inmates were cutting dominoes up, and they were sticking them down the head of their dick. Uh, <laughs> why? So they would cut them into, like, heart shapes. Yeah. And then they would cut their dick a little bit to shove it down the tip of it so that the heart was at the tip of the dick. Okay. Okay. And it's like a Valentine's Day thing. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. What's the, they, I, I don't see the the pleasure or the benefit to this. They were doing it so that they had to go out on a medical trip to uh, OSU. Because uh, <laughs> OSU deals with the uh, all the inmates. Okay. For the state. All right. Yeah. So it was just a surprise for the medical group when they got there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think my, uh, my favorite thing about working in the prison, I, so I recently went from being a CO to OPI which is the Ohio Penal Industries. They make everything, like the inmates make everything. Oh, okay. Um, the one I worked at, they did uh, like clothing and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But um, I was there for uh, two months and then went back to being a CO. Yeah. But I loved it there. I, I What was the difference? What would you like? A different environment. Like it's still yeah. inside the prison. Okay. Don't get me wrong. It's still inside the prison. More of a work atmosphere though? Oh, yeah. You are, so you ever worked in a warehouse? Ish, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the uh, the staff yeah. are like your supervisors, yeah, and the inmates are the employees, yeah, working a production line, okay, and that's the way they're treated. So the one thing they don't have access to in the prison is computers on a daily basis. Like there might be some special treatment here and there, yeah, for like you know legal shit and stuff like that. But at OPI, we had like five or six guys. Their job was on the computer. Okay, that's all they did. It blew my mind going from a CO to out there. And I, I see inmates on the computer. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this ain't right. After you smack the third one for doing it, you realize that was their job. Yeah. yeah. Prison's a different uh, beast than it used to be. Yeah. I, would, I would even go as far, and some of the older guys may disagree with this. I would go as far as to say it's harder now. Really? Than it was 30 years ago. Because they have just enough freedom that they, right? It's probably harder to reel them in sometimes, right? Because- yeah, because... Their hands are untied. Mine are completely tied. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're behind my back. I'm sitting on them like, nah. Yeah, it's the same thing with, like, the police. And it, it, there's a ton of things. And, and don't get me wrong. I don't think anybody should be mistreated, but they're the ones in jail. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like just like with police. And I actually saw a video a while back said uh, it was a cop that said, a New York cop that said every cop should start out as a corrections officer. Yeah. Because if you can work in a uh, block... Oh, with, being a cop's a step up, right? With, with 200, 300 inmates and just yourself. Yeah. And that's what it's like. Uh, so we yeah. don't have we don't have cells at my prison. Uh, it's like open dormitory. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, barrack style type yep. stuff. Yep. You got 200, 150 to 200 inmates. Yeah. 
and one uh, officer working that block. And that officer, um, if you're out there loose, you probably don't have a weapon, do you? Oh, At least a deadly weapon. There, there's no deadly weapons in the prison. That's what I thought. And, ex- until something major happens and they got to call in, you know, SRT and all that, there's yeah. no weapons in the prison. Yeah. I mean, it, probably a good idea. Yeah. Uh, at 230 oh, to yeah. 1, you probably don't right. want that. Because, nah. you know, that uh, that Glock's got like 15 rounds in it. Yep. There's and, a couple uh, more people left. Yeah. You might be able to take out 15. <laughs> Maybe 16. You get one yeah. that goes through. If they the line next guy. up just the right yeah. way. Yeah. But um, you definitely need to, you know, doubling up every shot. So you ain't getting 30 and you sure as hell ain't getting 200. (laughs) Well, it does. It forces you to be able to use your, I guess, your cunning and your words to have enough of a relationship that they respect you, that you're in charge, but not enough to, uh, you know, to to necessarily want to go after you. You know, I mean, there's a balance there that I'm sure you have to reach. I have looked at inmates. And told them that they were uh, dumbasses, bitches, uh, fucktards. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I know where to, you know, draw that line. Absolutely. At. And, you know, I've, as I'm dealing with, you know, certain inmates, I'll test where that line is. Sure. Just so I know where it's at. Right. Oh, and they're testing I, you I every day. Oh, the same yeah. Thing. Every day. Mistake, they're testing you as well. Um, they tell us right from the, right from training, they tell us firm, fair, and consistent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Be, be the same person you are. It don't matter if you're a fucking asshole. Be right. the same asshole yeah. every yeah. day yeah. to everybody. Right. Uh, my old partner, uh, he now works outside the fence doing perimeter, but uh, he's an asshole. <laughs> we we had guys come back from other prisons that were at that prison prior that came walking in, and we worked in medical. So everybody who comes in has got to go through and take in medical. They come in there. They come up to me, and they're like, man, where's he at? And I'm like, we... What? How long ago was you here? Like, I don't know, 10 years ago? This guy's been there for like 20 years. Oh, wow. Like, where's he at? And they're like, I'm like, he ain't in here no more. Oh, thank God. He's an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's bad when the prisoners are saying, oh, oh, yeah. That's their reason for not wanting to come back. But they'll tell you. They know he's an asshole. He's an asshole every day to everyone. Yeah. They know what they're getting with him. They would rather, and every, every inmate I've encountered will tell you, they would rather have a guy who's an asshole every day than the guy who is nice Nine times out of ten. Right, where you don't know where you're that, staying. And gets that one asshole day a week. You yeah, know? right. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned uh, working in medical. Um, you know, I wanted to try and keep this as light as possible because it could get dark. Oh, and it can get very dark. somebody wrote on uh, writerprisoner.com just, you know, that there are some funny things that you overhear prisoners say or do. And this hang, person, on, Matt, hang on, Matt. You said writerprisoner.com? That's, believe it or I, not. That's a thing? It's a real thing. <laughs> okay. uh, they said, on a routine day, my friend and nurse steps out in the waiting room and asks, Anderson, why are you here? Inmate Anderson had failed to write why he wanted to be seen in medical. Inmate Anderson pipes up with, I killed my wife. <laughs> <laughs> the whole place went up in laughter. End up inmates and staff. And uh, Anderson then said rather sheepishly, oh, uh, athlete's foot. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, we actually, uh, the running joke is, um, you know, make an inmate wait. You always make them wait. Uh, even if you don't have to make them wait. They better get used to it. You right. make them wait. And the reason why? They got nothing but time. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Why not? Um, a lot of the guys, there's a there's a good portion of the guys at my prison that are doing life. They'll never get out. They They are lifers. They will die in prison. There's no doubt about that. They know it. We know it. You think in level one, there's a level of acceptance like, all right, I might as well not stir up any shit because I'm just going to be here. 
for the guys that have been down for, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, so on and so forth, and the ones that are never getting out, yes. For the guys who are down for six months, a year, yeah, no. Yeah. They're the ones we have our biggest issues out of. I tell you what, and this is probably going to surprise you guys, it's not the rapists, the murderers, the child molesters, the, the you know, massively violent crimes that are the ones that give us the biggest issue. It's the robbers, the burglars, oh, yeah. the domestic violence, the drugs. And the people that are probably going to do it again in the next year and a half to oh, three yeah. years because they're getting out. Oh, yeah. So we uh, we had a guy probably about a year ago. Um, like I said, the the whole um, you know, sexual thing. Yeah. Between inmates, gay for the stay kind of right. deal. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that actually happens quite a bit. Now, sometimes you'll get that or sometimes you'll get, you know, like this one guy we had about a year ago who was shoving summer sausages up his ass. <laughs> Wait a minute. You can get summer sausages in prison too? <laughs> yep. Shit, I'm going. <laughs> and, and, and yes, I said summer sausages. So Plural. <laughs> okay. Okay. He had All to right. work his way up probably um, to, to multiple. <laughs> if Please I'm, tell if me, I, did he have to go like to medical and go, hey, guys, I, I got an embarrassing thing to ask. <laughs> oh, no. He, he got caught in the middle of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. He actually went to the hole for that one. Yeah, that's too easy. I'm literally alone. Yeah. <laughs> I queued it up for you. If you want to go for it. It's you a threw good. a softball. It was just too easy to knock it out of the park. <laughs> you know, we have a very interesting person in Ohio. Uh, I don't know if you know the name Alva Campbell. Mm, not off the top of my head. Uh, this dude survived his own execution in Ohio. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, he... Uh, now, it's funny, um, Ron O'Brien, who's a pretty well-known prosecutor here, um, he coined the phrase of this guy, poster child for the death penalty. You don't hear that anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he survived his own execution, facing the death penalty for the murder of another man during a robbery gone wrong in 1998. What really happened is he said he was sick because he was already in prison for, for murder, said he was sick, uh, ends up getting taken to the hospital while he wrestled the gun away from the person taking him, ran away, hijacked, or I guess you'd say he stole this car with a kid in it, and he was trying to get away, and the kid tried to grab him or something, and he shot the kid in the car. Well, they finally caught the guy, so he goes back to prison. Um, because of his chronic heart and lung problems, officials found it next to impossible to locate a viable vein to give him a lethal injection. So with a new execution date scheduled for 2019, he began appealing and arguing that the injection is a cruel and unusual punishment. Not that killing all the people in his right, past right. was, was but okay. still. Right. Um, because the risk that the drugs may not work. He claimed that attempting to ex execute him again was unconstitutional. However, because God stepped in, he died of natural causes just a few months after that botched execution. Thank God. Yeah. God was like, all right, we've had right. So there was another guy, and I don't know if it was here in Ohio or where it was, but uh, he survived. This was years ago. He survived his execution from old Sparky. Oh, God. Yeah. He survived the electric chair. Okay. Uh, the one dude, they couldn't find veins, uh, so they really didn't go through with it. If he actually got lit up and survived, I don't know, man. I think I can make an argument like, all right, let's let him stay. So he uh, he got lit up and survived, and he appealed his sentence told him that he deserved to be released because he had an execution. Right. Rather it was successful or not. Yeah. He was executed. 
They went through the, all the processes. He was electrocuted. Right. And Sentence served in his right. mind. Yeah, and, I, uh, I might agree. I, with him. I I actually believe, if I remember correctly, the judge up, uh, upheld that that his sentence was the death penalty, and he got hit with the electric chair and every bit of ju- every bit of juice old Sparky had, and it didn't work. <laughs> so they you saying they let him go, or I'm, it's I, just like you live in prison now? I'm pretty sure I read that they let him out. God, I hope he was an old man. And oh, he was any problems. All right, he well. was. He was like I don't know, sixties, seventies. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's interesting. Well, um, again, Steve, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. This is the time of the podcast where I'll ask Chris, what did we learn today? Well, I did learn a new use for dominoes. Ah, that's true. And it's going to be a very interesting Valentine's Day at Chris's house. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I learned that my consistency and just being a dick all the time might actually be a benefit. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey, again, thank you very much, Steve, for joining us. And this is Scott McLaughlin. I'm Chris Karen and saying we'll, we'll see, see you at work. Thank you for listening to the Not in the Job Description podcast. If you have a story you'd like to share, or if you'd like to be a guest on our podcast, please let us know by sending us an email with a brief description of your story to stories at notinthejob.com. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more crazy stories, Make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on our social media, including Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Rumble, Instagram, and YouTube.